The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM. This is the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, hosted by founder Sarah Coates, a licensed clinical mental health counselor. In this podcast, Sarah and her team of therapists will dive deep into many topics on mental health care. Here's your host, Sarah Coates. Hello, and welcome to the Turning Your Life Around podcast. I'm joined today by my colleague, Ola Tunde Howard, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Thanks for coming on the episode today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit. How did you get into the field of marriage and family therapy? Three things. I have always been a very intimate natured person, right, which leads to the second thing. I didn't have that growing up, Mm. didn't witness it, didn't see it modeled. And so I became a kind of amateur relationship investigator. I would just kind of look in my life and see what made relationships work, what didn't make them work. And people started to just kind of come to me and ask me about relationships. And so that led to the third thing. I was a corrections officer for 10 years. And in my last year as a corrections officer, I got sick. So I was just kind of thinking and praying about what I should be doing with my life. And my wife said, you know, you might as well be a marriage counselor because you're already doing it. I applied to Pfeiffer in Morrisville. Mm -hmm. It was really wonderful because all of the questions I've been asking my whole life were being answered. Mm. And it's like all of the things that I've been thinking about, there was a name to it. So I got my master's, got my license, did some intensive in-home for a while, came to you to work part-time, yeah. <laughs> went to full-time, here I am. And it's, Voila. It's, it's beautiful because it's it's exactly what I was made to do, I can right. tell it. And what a switch going from corrections officer yeah. to marriage and family therapist. But I'm sure you saw in your work as a corrections officer just the need for individuals who desperately need therapy to heal Mm -hmm. themselves and their past relationships. I was actually watching an inmate on the phone making kind of baby noises to his child, Mm. you know, and it struck me that exactly what you just said was really the issue. Like, that's why I didn't want to do corrections for the rest of my life, because I couldn't really make the impact that I would want to make with someone like him. Right. Absolutely. I think it's amazing that uh, you're here and doing this work. And I know you do amazing work with your clients. Thank you. Um, So I thank you for your time and effort in that. So today we're going to talk about relationships, specifically how to find a spouse. Mm-hmm. And I know you work with a variety of couples, mm-hmm. a variety of backgrounds. Mm-hmm. We all do here. But for the specifics of this episode, we're specifically speaking about heterosexual couples looking for a husband or a wife. Right. I'm just jumping in here and thinking COVID, connection. How is that impacting couples finding a, a spouse these days? It actually isn't. And I think there's this assumption that things would be a lot more difficult, a lot more challenging. But really, it's how you go into relationships, period. Because even before COVID, I think there are a lot of assumptions about relationships being kind of this mystery. And people come to me a lot saying they really don't know how to do relationships. And COVID just kind of adds to that mindset. But it's a mindset. Now, of course, you just have to be more careful and be very clear about what you're comfortable with. But the dynamics really aren't different at all. Right. And so you just mentioned the word mindset. Like, what do you see in your practice, the mindset of individuals looking for a relationship? First, the relationships are a mystery that we just don't know how to do it. And I come from the assumption that we were created with what I call a connection intuition. I think we came into the world needing intimacy but also with the ability to get that need met. I think we have that ability. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is as we grow up, that connection intuition is somewhat suppressed or we're, we're kind of taught to not trust our ability to know how to connect with people. 
And so what I do is I tend to just try to reawaken that. Hmm. And so the first mindset is kind of this mystery that relationships are just this mystery. And the, and the next is passivity. People just kind of assume it'll happen. You know, when, when the time is right, it'll just kind of happen. And again, we don't realize that with anything worth having, there are, there are efforts that mm-hmm. must be made and you have to be intentional. So, so the, the relationships are mystery is one mindset and passivity is another. Yeah, I hear a lot of times people say, even in my own circles and friends and myself growing up, how do we know if he is the one or mm-hmm. she is the one? I'm sure you get asked that a lot in yes. your relationship work. How yes. do you answer that? Well, I think the first thing that I can say, I actually know the answer. <laughs> like, and, I, and, I, and I read it and I um, got work that is one of the books I'm going to talk about later. Before I get to that, there are some things that lead to that. So Mm -hmm. ultimately, if we go back to the connection intuition, I would say that, remember I told you I was thinking about relationships my whole life. Mm -hmm. One example I usually give clients when they ask that is I take us back to childhood. And I remember from kindergarten, I don't know if you experienced this, but from kindergarten to about fifth grade, if you wanted to be in a relationship, you just kind of wrote a note. I like you. Do you like me? Check the box. Yeah, check the box. That's and what and, I was and it was a bona fide relationship. Yep. Document it, right? What I noticed is in the sixth grade or in middle school, there was a new box. There was a maybe box, mm. right? And so somehow we start to think that we have to play games in relationships. We can't be transparent. We can't be vulnerable. Now in the fifth grade, we could just say check yes or no. But somehow you have to learn lines. You have to learn all of these things because you can't really just let people see who you are. Right. right. And so what was refreshing to answer your question from Gottman is really the thing that you're going to be looking for in terms of knowing who one of the ones are. Because according to Gottman, there's not just one. It's a kind of a category. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways that you know one of your people or someone who can be the one is is in the simple word enough. Like mm-hmm. Basically, you have this sense of being enough, right? Attractive enough, mm-hmm. smart enough, funny enough, enough. And you make the other person feel like that. That's what Gottman said was what you're looking for, that, that sense of kind of, it's almost like being at home or like being in a warm bed that was designed for you. And so, for example, some people come in and they say, I'm not very confident. You know, I, I just, I, I don't know. I just get really nervous. I say, well, Scale of zero to 10, how confident are you? I say, well, maybe a three. Okay, and I say, well, when you meet one of the ones, three will be enough. Hmm. That amount of confidence is enough when you're with one of the ones for you. So if the listeners can remember nothing else, just that sense of feeling like you're enough will let you know that you've met one of the people that you can consider the one. And so that really takes the pressure off because I think a lot of people have really high expectations. Yes. And standards, and, and, and rightly so. I mean, I don't think anybody should settle, but... It, it sort of takes the pressure off if you have this mindset of he or she meets those criteria and they are enough, not that they have to be perfect mm-hmm. in those categories you mentioned. Attractiveness, likability, comfortability. They don't have to be perfect, but they have to be enough. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody that asks you or challenges and says, well, is that settling? See, again, that that goes back to mindsets a mm-hmm. lot. Like, I think intuitively when you think about being enough, that's what we all want. We all want to feel like we're enough. We all want to feel that kind of, you know, that kind of finally I can just let go and be myself and like the, you know, the, the passion that says being naked and not ashamed. We all want it. We all want that. And so I would say settling goes back to something that I, I tend to have like these four verbs, right, that I tell people to just kind of think about and and I also want to say, even if you don't know these four verbs, I've been married almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of this stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so even if you don't know this, it's possible, but I just think this makes it easier. Yeah. So the first is no. The second is become. The third is go. The third is show. So if you remember no, become, go, and show, right? I'm going to break that down. Uh-huh. So first of all, know what you want. 
Mm-hmm. And that's usually people make a list. They have a list of things they want. And usually it'll be about 10 to 20 things. And I get them to, re- to reduce it to about three things. Hmm. And I get that from a book that I'm going to re- refer to later that basically thinks about three wishes. You basically have three wishes, in other words. If you have three things, it's more likely that you're going to find what you're looking for. And those three things should fit into the categories of a secure attachment, mm-hmm. agreeability, right? and emotional stability. But in my opinion, if you have a secure attachment, you'll have the other two. Right. And basically a secure attachment just means you're with someone that you know, you're available, you're responsive, you're engaged. When you reach out to this person, they reach back and you know it. You can directly and explicitly express your feelings, needs and wants and elicit that for them. That's mm-hmm. what it means. Mm-hmm. Which means you're basically gonna feel like you're enough. Right? right. So once you know, once you take your list, reduce it down to three things, and I would say that whatever those three non-negotiable things are, if somehow they connect to secure attachment, you're good. The next thing you want to ask yourself is, am I the kind of person that I want to marry? So whatever those three things are that you said, are you those things? Because it's unfair to want from somebody else what you're not. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. Are you the kind of person you want to marry? I can see exactly. I was just thinking that. It's unfair to expect a certain agreeability from someone and you're a very disagreeable person. Exactly. Which then, as a therapist, makes me think if you are not who you want to be, then you need to find some individual therapy and and fix that on yourself. That's (laughs) that's it. It's it's beautiful because if you're not, because I'm actually doing this in one of my sessions, we stop there. Yeah. And we're like, okay. That before we can go on to the next step, you have to become the kind of person you want to marry. And the beautiful thing about it is, no matter what, you're becoming this person Mm -hmm. that you're going to increase your confidence because when you are the kind of person you want to marry, like attracts like. Exactly. So it's it's more likely that you're going to attract this kind of person to you and Mm -hmm. be attractive to that kind of person, like you just said. And you just become a better person. Right. Right. So if they can look me in the face and say, okay, I can honestly say, Olatune, I am the kind of person that I want to marry. Or sometimes I say, well, you know, I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, are you okay with being with somebody who's working on it? Yeah. And if good they question. Are, then fine. But if they want the person to have arrived, then they need to arrive. Mm. Right. So once they can say they know, then we go to the third phase, which is going to where this person most likely will be. Now, the beautiful thing about the research is there are two ways to think about that. So you got an attraction research you have was, was focused on in terms of proximity. And that basically just means they're wherever you are. Mm-hmm. You know, my brother met his wife in the grocery store. Yeah. So again, there's no mystery. Two people have to be at the same place at the same time for the same reason. So wherever you are, just Mm -hmm. look for them and look for the one that's looking for you. And the beauty of it is if you go back to these first two steps, you're going to kind of put out a vibe now of what you're available to, right? So I usually tell people, if you think about somebody says they want to buy a car and they don't make it any more specific than that, then they don't narrow down their options. But if they say, I want a white Jeep Cherokee, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you start Mm -hmm. seeing that. Yeah. You start seeing them everywhere. They've been there the whole time. So it's like that when you decide what you want. But the other part, Sarah, is in addition to just general proximity, just think about what you like doing. So for example, let's say I have a client that is a dog lover, right? Mm -hmm. And And when I say a dog lover, they cannot live without dogs. That's a part of who they are. Well, most likely their person is not going to be somebody that hates dogs. Right. They're not going to be somebody that's allergic to them. So it's going to be somebody who also loves dogs. Well, where are you going to meet a dog lover? A dog park. A, A dog park. Right. Pet smart. <laughs> yeah. Buying some, see what I mean? So yeah. it takes the mystery out of it. Right. And you don't have to have lines. You just talk about your dog. You both like dogs. You know about your dog. And I'm sure that dog lovers have the three things that you like. They're probably some attractive dog lovers. So it takes away the mystery of, well, where do I go? What do I talk about? Dogs. Yeah. At a dog park. So once you realize that it's, again, wherever you are, your person can be there. And specifically when you're just doing what you love to do, the last and and significantly important one is you show this person and yourself to a designated truth teller in your life. Somebody who can tell you 
the truth about the vibe that you both have. Because I did some research and it said that designated truth tellers have an 85% chance of being more accurate in predicting whether this person is the one for you. And total strangers, Sarah, who are armed with this information also have a 75% chance of predicting it better than you do. Total strangers. Because what's that phrase, love is blind? Yes. And sometimes if you're in a relationship and you know, you're know you all in it, but you're also very biased mm-hmm. and you're not very objectively looking at the relationship from a distance. I remember one time I dated this guy in college and I was head over heels and my sister point blank told me, you are a bad word mm-hmm. when you date him because mm-hmm. he brings out really poor qualities in you. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't see that. Yes. But she pointed it out because she was that objective truth teller that you're talking about. Gottman actually says exactly the same thing. He says, if they bring out the worst in you, then that's not one of your people. Yep. Right. One of your people brings out the best in you. Right. Designated truth tellers. I think they look for what we look for, too. Like, I know when I have couples that come in, I kind of look for an energy between them. Like, Mm -hmm. no matter what their problem is, if I can kind of see that enoughness, if Mm -hmm. I can see this kind of underlying connection, usually you just tweak a few things, but they'll be fine. But if I don't see that, then I'm, I'm usually kind of cautious, right? And so the designated truth teller will be able to see whether you both bring out the best in each other, right? They'll see whether you both kind of make each other feel like you're enough. And it's, I've actually met a lot of couples who did not have that in the beginning. Even in premarital counseling, they might have gone to like one session and that's it. The parents barely knew the person, friends barely knew them, mm. or they'll have a friend that said, well, you know, I, I didn't like them, right? But they didn't tell them, yeah. right? So these four things, knowing what you want, becoming that or making sure you're that, going where that person will most likely be, which is typically where you are or where you like to be, and then showing them to your designated truth tellers. When those four things line up, then you can be confident that you have found one of the ones for you. Yeah, that is just so helpful because I think you just break it down. I think about the young 20-something female clients I have who are often asking, do you think I should marry this guy I'm dating? And of course, how am I supposed to answer that question? I don't tell them yes or no, but if I can guide them to these four steps, they can come to their solution mm-hmm. and their own answer. So a couple times you've mentioned Gottman. So who is Gottman? What is that? All right, so I'm talking about John Gottman and Specifically, the book that I'm referring to, it's The Man's Guide to Women by John Gottman and Julie Schwartz Gottman. John Gottman has researched relationships to such an extent that, I mean, I, I have the utmost respect for him. He's, he's had these love labs, and he basically just watches couples who, who get it right. And mm-hmm. he studied them, and he, he can actually, to a science, literally tell you the things that make relationships work. You actually mentioned um, one of your female clients. One of the things he actually says is, even though... The majority of women like the guy to approach them. It is actually women who initiate it because they send out a signal, right? And so what I do with my female clients is is try to help them to hone that signal, Mm. right? So that goes back to the first step. When you know what you want Mm -hmm. and you know you are that, then you can actually put out the signal that draws this particular kind of person to you. And that, that gives a lot of confidence to a lot of my female clients because they realize they're actually the ones initiating it. Right. That's what Gottman was saying. I refer him because he's actually studied relationships for for decades and I have the utmost respect for him and he typically talks about things that destroy relationships like criticism and contempt and Mm -hmm. and blame and stonewalling, things like that. So that's who I'm referring to. Yeah. 
So he sounds like a good read, and the listeners can find him, I'm sure, just a Google search. What what are some other, for anybody who wants to read up on this, what are some other good resources that the listeners can pick up? Okay, the other one is The Offline Dating Method by Camille Virginia, and I actually talk with her. The reason this one is significant is because what she's basically saying is, even though you have the online dating thing, Mm -hmm. and she's not speaking against it, but she's saying it's still still better to meet people in person, because these vibes that we're talking about, and there are things that you just cannot get unless you meet people. And mm-hmm. so that's what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's The Offline Dating Method by Camille Virginia, attached by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller, and that goes into attachment theory mm-hmm. that I was talking about earlier. The Science of Happily Ever After by Tai Tashiro. So that's where I got the three wishes yeah. from. And, and what he talks about, he, he basically focuses on looking for traits. Because he's saying what we're doing in relationships is we're trying to predict the future. Mm. That's what you're trying to do. So it's best to look for traits, for characteristics that will not change. They're going to be, when you meet this person, they're going to have these traits. So, for example, introversion. Right. If somebody's an introvert, they're going to be an introvert for the rest of their lives. So that's a trait. And then you decide whether you want that or not. Mm. So he gives a lot of good information. And how to pick a spouse Mm -hmm. by Dan Chun. That's where I get the becoming what you want in a spouse. Mm-hmm. That's where I get that from. And finally, I have the Bible yeah. because I believe the Bible gives timeless principles. And the, the beautiful thing that I found is everything that I find with Gottman, with attachment theory, all this research, either Jesus or Paul said it <laughs> one way or another. <laughs> right. So that's why I refer, refer to that. And There's nothing new under the sun, exactly. right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that's a good resource, too, of course, yes. you know, the Bible. And I know you do a lot of faith-based counseling, so you're yes. able to integrate that for clients who choose or ask for exactly. that type exactly. of therapy. All right. Is there anything else you think you can share with the listeners? Any other important tips or suggestions for someone who is looking for a spouse? Yes. I would say to embrace your need for this. And I, and I use the word need very deliberately. A lot of, I think, it's, especially as Americans, we don't like to be needy or codependent mm. or clingy. And oftentimes when clients come in and they talk about finding a relationship, they'll say, well, you know, I just want to be okay by myself. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an independent person. And I say, you know what? If you give off I'm an okay person by myself vibes, yeah. <laughs> then people aren't going to come up to you. Right. right? I said, you know, I, I need it to be married. I'm not, I'm not the kind of person that I, I believe God made me to be with someone. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a passage where it says he, he, he puts the lonely in families. And it goes back full circle to what I was telling you earlier. Like I, I was very much alone and lonely when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I remember in high school, I was in bed and I said, you know, what do I want more than anything? And I realized it was intimacy. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, how can I have that? And I thought marriage. And so I pursued it. Right. And so the thing I would leave you with is to embrace that need. Don't see it as a weakness. Don't see it as being clingy or codependent, because according to attachment theory, there is no such thing as that. Like you, you, this is a legitimate, bona fide, mm. physiological, psychological, spiritual need that's wired into us. And some people, some people don't have it, right? Yeah. And I think you know the way it's it's, it's that's their gift, mm. right? If you want a relationship, usually what I tell my clients is to fully embrace that. You know, and I'll ask them. I was like, you know, do you do you think you would actually be okay if you were just you know if you didn't have this? And I, it takes a while, but then they'll finally say, you know, I'm not. I, I really do want it. I was like, okay, fully embrace it. I believe when you fully embrace it, that's when the connection intuition kicks in. I think we all know how to do this. You don't need a master's degree to do this. You don't need all these books. It helps. You can avoid a lot of the pitfalls that I think I went through. But I think if we embrace who we are in terms of needing intimacy, we'll kind of draw those kind of people to us and us to them. That's really good. This has been helpful. As you're talking, I'm conceptualizing clients I have had in the past and current ones who, you know, they're looking for intimacy. They're Mm -hmm. looking for a partner in life, a spouse, someone to go the long run with. Mm -hmm. And everything you're just saying, I, I just know that 
the listeners can gather some of this and and apply it for their own lives. If you're listening today and you want to go deeper in this conversation, maybe you are seeking a spouse or you're currently married and maybe you've hit some rough spots, you're welcome to reach out to Olatunde in our Cary office and he is available for you as many other therapists at 180 are licensed marriage and family therapists and they can also help you navigate relationships. Thanks so much for your time. You're welcome. Appreciate you, and I I thank you for your words of wisdom here today. Thank you for the opportunity. You've been listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, with five triangle locations to serve you. Learn more at 1-80counseling.com. This has been an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM, a Curtis Media Group station.